0: This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide issue that affects you. I'm Shayna Roth.
1: And I'm Jake Neer. While the Democratic ticket for the top of the November ballot is pretty much settled, Republicans have only just begun to decide who will get those spots for attorney general and secretary of state. There will also be a primary for governor, of course.
0: We know Democrats are going to offer Dana Nessel for AG, Jocelyn Benson for secretary of state, and Governor Gretchen Whitmer for, obviously, governor. But there are a dozen GOP candidates for governor, three for AG and four for secretary of state. And the time has finally come to start making some choices about who will make it on the ticket. Republicans recently held some county conventions to choose delegates, and that entire process is going smooth. So smooth, like <laughs> butter. No shutting out of journalists. Nothing to see here, right?
1: <laughs> no drama in the year of our Beyonce 2022? Right. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on, and here to help us unpack all of it is our friend and reporter for the Detroit News, Craig Mogger. Craig, welcome to Mishmash. Hey, thank you so much for having me.
0: OK, before we get to what actually is is a lot of drama, remind listeners about these county conventions. Uh, they don't actually get a lot of attention unless crazy stuff happens. So why are they important and what is going on and what happens next?
2: Yeah, I mean, often crazy stuff does happen at these county conventions. That's <laughs> one of the, the things about them. But yeah, they're, they're usually I mean, for the most part, they're sleepy events that happen at the local level. But as you two know, because you've covered politics for so long, the fiercest fight in politics are not between Democrats and Republicans. They're those internal struggles, family member versus family member, friend versus friend. And that's (laughs) where it gets really nasty. Uh, At these county conventions, uh, the Republicans this year are choosing delegates to send to the state convention. Those delegates that get picked for the state convention are essentially going to pick the nominees for Attorney General, Secretary of State, and other statewide offices. Why does this matter? Why does it become a struggle? It's a struggle because it's all about the future of the Republican Party and Donald Trump. That's what it's
1: all about
0: does always come back to our friend Donald Trump, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and a lot of people might
1: not realize that we don't have primaries for these positions that people vote in. Uh, so that's why it's such a huge uh, a deal. But uh, yes. g- Craig, give us a really quick version of sort of the chaos that we saw at these conventions, especially in Macomb County. Yeah,
2: I mean, at conventions across the state, we saw some county chairs refusing to let reporters in. The Republican Party statewide has basically said, It's up to the county chairs to decide if reporters get in or not. Kent County didn't let our reporter in Beth LeBlanc. There were other counties doing that. For those of us who were lucky enough to get in to cover one of these county conventions, some of them were very intense. In Macomb County, there was a massive fight for control of the county party going forward. There was one side led by the current chairman, Mark Fortin, and there was another side led by a guy from Sterling Heights named Eric Castiglia. This meeting had roughly about 600 people at it. There was shouting. There were people getting in each other's faces. There was a cash bar in the back of the room. And there was some type of mysterious air horn that was being blown throughout the night to try to disrupt the meeting.
0: Oh, man. There's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Let's... (laughs) Let's start with not letting reporters in, which, by the way, I can't imagine anybody not letting Beth LeBlanc in some place to do her job. She is an amazing, amazing reporter and a very, very kind human being. Yeah. So that's that's insane. What happened there and what are they saying about why they're not letting reporters into some of these conventions?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. I mean, these pre- people should know this. These precinct delegates, they're at the very bottom of the ballot. In the primary election these are these are people who are picked to go to these county conventions through a taxpayer funded election they're, they're they're officials i mean these are officials that voters pick to have a say in the party the republican bylaws appear to suggest that these meetings are supposed to be open to the public but the republican party is also saying that they have a different reading on that and that it's up to the county chairs to decide whether us members of the media get into the, to the meetings. And they've said, Basically, this has been the policy forever. The county chair gets to decide. They say Kent County never lets media members in. We appeal to them over and over again, let us into the meeting. This is one of the counties, it's one of the largest counties in the state. It's one of the counties where the decisions that were made on this night of the county convention is directly going to impact who the attorney general nominee is. That's why it's important. Uh you know, at the you know, this is the problem with these internal party functions is it's ultimately up to the party? You know, it, there there is no state law that we can go to and say, "Hey, you're required to let us in." The count these parties get to make these decisions, and, and oftentimes these parties are are gonna go with the decision that protects them the most, mm-hmm. and, and that's where we end up.
1: I, on that point, Craig, I'm curious. I think the the point has been made. Why not let reporters in? Like what would what would reporters see that would reflect poorly on on the party? I mean, I know that's an open question, but um, I mean, I guess you know you 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 have talked many times about transparency and, and the, the benefits to everybody. Um, you know, this lack of transparency, what does that sort of mean for what people know about the way our political system works and what parties are doing uh, when they're doing things like nominating attorney generals, secretaries of state?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm always going to err on the side of transparency like you are. That's kind of what Mm -hmm. our job is. Uh, But for the Republican Party, and they've had a lot of meetings in the last two years where I've said, please let me into this meeting. And they said, no, we do our business in private. If we're going to have this family fight over how to move forward, like at a state committee meeting, we're going to do it in private. You know, in Kent County, for example, that's where Peter Meyer is from. He is a congressman who voted to impeach Donald Trump. If he shows up to this meeting and other delegates start shouting him down, that might not be something. I'm not saying this is this is what occurred, but I'm saying hypothetically, if this did occur, You know, this is something that the Republican leadership would not want reporters documenting, possibly. You know, in Mm -hmm. Macomb County, there was all of this happening. There were shouting, there were state house candidates screaming at other Republicans. You know, there were people overhearing things that elected officials were saying in the crowd. I mean, you can see why if you're a Republican Party leader, you might not (laughs) want this open to the media. Right.
0: So you kind of touched on. What seems to be happening in the Republican Party, this sort of tension between the establishment Republicans and the far right Republicans and the candidates that they're supporting. And given that there were some calls from those far right candidates to, quote, storm the county conventions, how how did things go? How have the establishment Republicans been doing uh, in all of this?
2: You know, the the establishment Republicans are are. You know, they they realize that at this moment they are not in uh, the base of the party's favor. They realize that establishment Republican is essentially a toxic term, and you know it's hard to find people that really are willing to identify themselves as establishment. I mean, that's been the case for a while, but it's probably more so now than it was in 2010 during the Tea Party years or when we had a guy by the name of Todd Corser trying to take over the party. It's just (laughs) different. I mean, Donald Trump, and I think about this all the time. Uh, Donald Trump has flipped the party on its head. In the past, if you had county party, if you had state party leadership openly trying to influence races, Mm. the base of the party would have gone nuts and the party leadership would have never done it openly because they would have realized it would be bad for them. Now you have the party leadership siding with the ardent Trump supporters and openly uh, trying to influence these races. And it just is a sign of how things have just totally changed in the party. I mean, the, the the ardent Trump supporters and the grassroots have a lot more sway than they've ever had before. And ultimately, we will hear and find out on April 23rd if they have successfully taken over the party. I mean, that's, that's one of the many things that are going to be as I keep thinking about it, that are going to be at stake at this county convention. Who has control of the party? What is the style of the Republican Party? I think, you know, for your listeners, as I'm thinking about this, I keep thinking of this race between Tom Leonard and Matt DePerno as a battle of the style of the Republican mm-hmm. Party. You all covered Tom Leonard. He is not Donald mm-hmm. Trump. He is a policy guy in many ways. He is a quiet guy in many ways. He's not one who often goes out attacking people. I think he gets uncomfortable sometimes when he has to attack or say anything critical of a fellow Republican. And then you have Matt DiPerno, who is more in the Trump style where he flings allegations. I mean, he aggressively and no matter what he's doing, he's going all out and trying to make his case for anything. And uh their delegates are going to have to decide which way forward do they think is best.
1: Is there any way to tell at this point, Craig? So I know there's been a lot of spin since the county conventions about, you know, oh, well, you know, Tom Leonard did great. Or, you know, DiPerno's people saying, well, saying interesting things I know to gong were this week about uh, something about, well, I don't know if I could even say it on the podcast. But anyway, um, <laughs> That, uh, you know, saying that that they did great. Uh, Is there any way that we will have a sense of who came out of these conventions sort of with an edge until that big vote at the at the statewide convention?
2: You know, it's 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 very hard to tell. And you try when you're in my position, you try to read the tea leaves as, as everyone does. And you look at. You know, sometimes in, in individual counties, you can find some find some things like in Kent County. Everyone seems to agree that DePerno did better than people expected mm. him to do, which that's a good sign for him. But there are also lots of good signs for Tom Leonard out there. Tom Leonard seems to have a little bit of momentum going. He had some wins on Monday night in local county races that people didn't think he was going to have. And 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 he's getting some endorsements. I mean, I thought it was really interesting that the day after the county conventions, you had Rocky Ruskowski, who is the chairman of the Oakland County Republican Party, the largest county in terms of delegates in the state, come out and endorse Tom Leonard. Now, the question is, if Rocky, you know, these are the things that I theorize. If Rocky knew that Oakland County went bad for Tom Leonard, why would he come out and endorse him the next day? Rocky's not that type of guy. That's true. So that's a sign for Tom Leonard. You know, can Tom Leonard's organization and some of this momentum he's got going here at the end, can it counterbalance Donald Trump's influence and the Make America Great movement that is happening in the Michigan Republican Party? Uh, We will not know. I don't think it will be very difficult to know for sure until April 23rd.
0: Let's let's really unpack the, the Donald Trump endorsement and the Trump impact on all of this he has endorsed some candidates including christina Caramo for secretary of state i've seen some pollsters some people saying that you know the donald trump endorsement actually might be toxic and that they think that maybe the party in michigan is trending away from trump but what are you seeing particularly at these conventions are they going all in on trump or are we still kind of trying to figure out where that's going to be
2: Trump is still very. I mean, the polling that we've done at the Detroit News is that Trump is still very popular with Republican primary voters. I mean, with Republican primary voters, he's extremely popular. The people at these conventions are even further than the primary voters. I mean, these are the most ardent Republicans. These are the people that go out and do the work. They knock doors. They volunteer. These are the people that have the put the yard signs in their yard and put the stickers on their vehicles i mean these are the people that 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 love donald trump so you would suspect that he is even more influential among this group than he would be among you know if you just pick a random number of primary voters so he he has sway among these people he has influence among these people uh is it what it used to be remains to be seen
1: so, Craig, uh, before we go, next steps. What do we see next? Where does the process go from here?
2: I think there there are a couple things to watch. One of them is, does Donald Trump engage in this race again in the coming days? Donald Trump came here, had a rally in Macomb County. He wants Matt DePerno and Christina Caramo to win. Will he do something? Will he send someone here? Will he hold some type of Other uh, in-person event. I mean, anything is possible. I don't have intel on this, but that's what I'm watching. Is he going to send someone here? Is he going to try to boost Matt DiPerno directly again before the convention or on the night before the convention? Another thing to watch, and this is what the crux of this is for Republicans. Do they believe that Tom Leonard or Matt DiPerno provides a better way of beating Dana Nessel. You know, a lot of these delegates that I talk to, that's what they're focused on. Who can beat Democratic Attorney General Dana Nessel? Is it the path of the Republicans have traditionally done in the state of trying to reach out to voters in the middle and trying to have a coalition of Republican voters and moderate voters to beat the Democrats? Or is it this Trump path of trying to have the Trump coalition of having, you know, uh, of people in different areas of this state where a lot of blue collar former union workers or people who used to be Democrats and who are uh, kind of di- disenchanted with the party. Uh, is it the Trump path to victory or is it the Rick Snyder path to victory and some of the other paths that have been run? We'll see.
0: I got one more question. I'm going to ask you to uh Give your best hypothesis, because yeah. this is something that would fascinate me if it happened. What are the odds that in your mind that we end up with split government where we have a Democrat or Republican governor and a and the opposite party in the attorney general's seat? Because it seems like Republicans are really thinking that that, that that AG seat is open for them.
2: I mean, it, it's I, I hate to hazard a guess or predict what could happen, but I think it's a real possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, just go back and look in 2018. Governor Whitmer beat Bill Schutte by nine percentage points. Dana Nessel beat Tom Leonard by less than three percentage points. That's pretty big. And in Michigan, a lot of other people from other states don't understand this. I mean, we have this this huge lengthy history of people voting for one party at the top of the top of the ticket and then voting for the other party's candidate one race lower. Think back to uh, Terry Lynn Land versus Gary Peters in 2014. Rick Snyder wins at the top of the ticket. Gary Peters, a Democrat, wins by a huge margin in the next race down. This is very possible. And just think about this. I I think about this a lot. Can you imagine if Tom Leonard was the attorney general during covid when oh, Governor wow. Whitmer was wielding all of these powers, yeah. we were a few percentage points of votes away from that happening. Imagine what would be happening if Matt DiPerno, Tom Leonard or Ryan Berman is the attorney general and Governor Whitmer is in office for four more years. It would be. It would be, If you think the clashes between the legislature and the governor are wild, that would be even more well.
1: Lots of food for thought from Craig Mogger of the Detroit News. Craig, always wonderful to have you on Mishmash. Thanks so much. I miss you guys. I just do this to see your faces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we miss you too. We'll have you back on soon.
1: All right. That's all for Mishmash. I'm Jake Neer.
0: And I'm Shayna Roth. Thanks for listening.